Angela Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm happy to be back from my trip. I had a great time going to Texas. I was even able to read three books. The first book I read when we were leaving, I had already started before we left. It's called Rainbow Road by Alex Sanchez. It's actually the third book in the Rainbow Boys trilogy. And it's really great because it's about three boys who go on a road trip from Virginia to California. And it just it's it's fun. It's a good series. It's the LGBT, LGBT series as well. I would definitely recommend, the books are not that long. If anything, they're maybe under 300 pages. So I was able to finish this in a day. The second book that I finished is part of a series, the Keeper of the Lost City series. You may have heard me mention it on the podcast before. That series is a great middle grade series. If you're into Harry Potter, if you like Percy Jackson, those are big series that everyone knows about. But Keeper of the Lost Cities has only been out, I believe, since maybe 2011. And the eighth book is actually coming out in the fall. And I just completed book six. I'm going to get to book seven probably in another month or so, maybe in September. So that way that kind of lines up with the eighth book when that releases. The third book that I finished, I actually finished the night I got home. It's called Dry. It's by Neil Schusterman and Jared Schusterman. This is such a good book. I actually I started reading it back in January, and I kind of put it down for a bit. And I kept thinking to myself as I was reading it back in January, I'm like, you know, this would be a good book to save and read, like, during the summer. So I brought it with me, and, like, because I got, like, maybe to the halfway point before um, the trip and everything. So I'm going to read the synopsis. When the California drought escalates to catastrophic proportions, one teen is forced to make life and death decisions for her family in this harrowing story of survival. The drought, or the tap out, as everyone calls it, has been going on for a while now. Everyone's lives have become an endless list of don'ts. Don't water the lawn. Don't fill up your pool. Don't take long showers. Well, I'd be out, wouldn't I? (laughs) Until the taps run dry, suddenly Alyssa's quiet suburban street spirals into a war zone of desperation. Neighbors and families turned against each other on the hunt for water. And when her parents don't return and her life and the life of her brother is threatened, Alyssa has to make impossible choices if she's going to survive. Guys, this book had me on the edge of my seat. It, I was... So sucked into it that there's some parts I'm like, oh, oh my God. And and, and Jeremy's driving the whole time. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't see that happening, did you? I'm like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. 
But oh my gosh, this is the book. I love books like these that keep me on the edge of my seat. They keep me not being able to put the book down, keep turning the page. I gotta find out what's gonna happen. The only thing that I feel did slow it down, we have basically Alyssa. We have the neighbor across the street, Kelton, who actually does become a big part of the book. There is um, a girl later on named, I think it's Jackie. Jackie, J-A-C-Q-A-I or so. Um, but then throughout the book is sprinkled POVs from other perspectives of people we may only see once, which I thought I skimmed those pages since they were very short, but I felt like, come on, you're dragging the story down. Let's get back. I, I doesn't matter to me what's going on with the people that are running the water truck that are getting it out to people that I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about the person in the helicopter either. I don't care about them. I just care about Alyssa, her brother, Garrett, Kelton, and the girl, Jack, uh, another character that comes in halfway through is Henry. And he is going to pee off. You're going to not like that guy. And you're going to be a little distrustful of uh, the girl Jackie that Kelton and Garrett and Alyssa meet later on. But she does save their lives. <laughs> she does. It's just, this was a whirlwind of like, go, 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 go with the action. There was not really... A down point. There was not any downtime. It's just one extreme to the next. And I'm just thinking, guys, if you want it, the reason I put it off and saved it, of course, for like the trip. I'm like, this is the there. This is like I think it's like July August for them, or no, maybe they're in school. No, she does. I thought it was towards the end of the school year. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be able to get more into the story when it's like 90 plus degrees outside and I can try to get into what they're feeling with it being hot out and the need for water and everything like this. So, yeah, keep some water by your side. <laughs> yeah, it's going to make you thirsty. These people are suffering to the point of death, dehydration, and then death. It's just... And they talk about all the, the symptoms that come right before. and Like that burst, that last burst of energy before your body fully gives out. Like, I can't, I'm, I gave it five stars. There was no question about it. I gave this book five stars. And other books that I, um, one other book I want to re recommend that I read, it's a trilogy. I'm hoping the author will write a fourth book that's on Goodreads that he has, he says every time he goes back to it, he kind of loses focus. So I'm hoping he will definitely go back to it. Another book, it's kind of like, um, it's not dystopian. It's kind of like a, what could happen if one of these natural disasters hit. Um, and that book is called Ashfall. It's by Mike Mullen. I love these kinds of books. And this book, here's the synopsis, under the bubbling hot springs and geysers of Yellowstone National Park is a super volcano. Most people don't know it's there. The caldera 
C-A-L-D-E-R-A, is so large that it can only be seen from a plane or satellite. It just could be overdue for an eruption, which would change the landscape and climate of our planet. For Alex, being left alone for the weekend means having the freedom to play computer games and hang out with his friends without hassle from his mother. Then the Yellowstone supervolcano erupts, plunging his hometown into a nightmare of darkness, ash, and violence. This book is definitely violent. Um, there was a part, I'm trying to remember if it might have been in the second or third book, that I actually had to skip over. Like, I can't read this scene. This Sometimes I did have to put the book down and, like, okay, I need to read something else that's a little happier, contemporary, middle grade, something else to get my mind off of what's going on in the book. All right. Alex begins a harrowing trek to search for his family and finds help in Darla, a travel partner he meets along the way. Together, they must find the strength and skills to survive and outlast an epic disaster. With these books, there's no downtime. There's no slowage. It's just action, action, action. There's always something going on to the point where when your heartbeat calms down, it gets ramped up again, with the next big thing. And a lot of it, it's like either you see it coming or you don't. And a lot of that, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to put them on, you know, the covers on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, the podcast pages so you guys can see. But highly recommend these books. Highly recommend the Ashfall trilogy. There's Ashfall, Ash and Winter, and then I believe, I think... Sunrise? Let me double check. Might be the third one. Let me double check. Here it is. Ash and Winter is the second one, and Sunrise is the third. There's one titled Blades of Spring, which the author has not... Um, I don't even think he's really started it, because every time he goes back to it, he just gets frustrated, and he's like, I can't get into it. So, The author, uh, Colleen Hoke, who wrote the Tiger's Curse... Um, I guess if you want to call it a quartet because there's actually there's four books but there's a fifth book and she finished the fourth book in I think it was Tiger's Destiny she finished it in 2012 and then just last year she actually probably self-published because I believe you can only find Tiger's Dream on Amazon and she had to, had to go back and reread her four books to be able to get back into the characters' heads, to be able to get back into that world. Which, definitely, you know, an author, sometimes they got to read their own material to remember certain things. Alright, well, today, the episode I'm going to be focusing on of Silver Spoons is Season 3, Episode 12, Lulu's Back in Town. In, excuse me, in town. <laughs> This episode aired on December 30th, 1984, so, wow, so close to 1985, we are at the tail end, very tail end of 1984, so it aired before New Year's Eve of 1984, I would have been two, I don't know how I celebrated New Year's Eve that year, I have no idea, I was probably, I was, if I was two, I was probably being watched by somebody, so in this episode, Rick hopes his friend Lulu Baker will be able to run his favorite hamburger restaurant. 
So that restaurant is the hangout. I wonder if they're going to continue that in season four. I don't know. Maybe Rick's going to have a new hangout. This episode's got a 6.9 out of 10 rating based on 17 ratings on IMDb. It was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duclin, Ron Levitt, also the creator Michael G. Moy, Bob Ills, I-L-L-E-S, Ills, written by, written by James R. Stein, and creator Howard Leeds, Ben Starr, the creator, and Martin Cohen, the creator, all these creators. All right, no trivia. We do have a guest. We have a guest star, Pearl Bailey, playing Lulu Baker. She, I know her from The Fox and the Hound. She, did she also, she also voiced Big Mama. That's who she voiced in, in Fox and the Hound. Oh, she passed away in 1990? How next year? That'll be 30 years ago. Oh my goodness. I love The Fox and the Hound. I love it so much. It's so good. One of my favorite, any any of the animal Disney films are always going to be my top faves. Fox and the Hound, Oliver and Company, Lady and the Tramp, The Lion King. Aristocats is kind of down on that list. It's all right. <laughs> um, Max play, is played by Bill Quinn. I'm guessing Max is someone who actually runs the hamburger, is it Hamburger Heaven? Or I thought it was Leave It to Burger or something like that. It was some fancy name that Edward had said. Now I, for the life of me, can't remember. But we do, first thing out of the intro, we cut to the hamburger place. We got Alfonso doing his thing. He's dancing, showing off his sweet, sweet dance moves. Everyone's loving it. Whenever he dances, he gets a crowd of people just watching and clapping along in unison. So Rick comes in screaming, stop the music, stop the music. Like, what, what, is there an emergency somewhere? Did a volcano erupt? Did New York run out of water? So Ricky's hair is back to that cut where it's kind of cut, like, shaved, almost shaved on the sides to the point where the back part has a V. And you can feel it get, look, you can feel it. Yeah, you can feel his hair through the screen. <laughs> no, um, you can see that it is getting really long to the point where, yes, he is going to develop a mullet, I think. Either towards the very end of this season, it's going to carry into season four. I'm not looking forward to that mullet. I'm just not. I mean, it's not Uncle Jetsy from Full House mullet. It never gets that far, thank goodness. But, ugh. all right, let's find out what Rick's news is. Is there a national emergency we need to be aware of, Ricky? I'm frightened, now. Hopefully it's not that bad. Let me guess. I'm going to take a guess here and say the restaurant is going to close down and it's going to be turned into a pharmacy. Let's find out together. Leave it to burgers. Would Kimla to be turned into a paint store? That'd be like turning the Washington Monument into a into a water slide. <laughs> Does Max have to sell it to a paint company? Why can't he sell it to somebody who'll keep it in restaurant? I know Alfonso. By the way, <laughs> where's Max? 
Oh, we went down a black hole by tea. <laughs> hey, wouldn't it be great if I could get my dad to buy this place? Yeah, we'd be a couple of major dudes. <laughs> I see it now. Free food for us and our closest friends. Oh, pictures on the menu. <laughs> the possibilities boggle my mind. Cost there's one small problem. Tons of girls would want to go out with us. That's a problem? Yeah. We wouldn't know if they wanted us for ourselves or for our milkshakes. <laughs> well, it's not being turned into a pharmacy, but it is being turned into a paint store. What? Come on. Hey, at least if you have a pharmacy, you can have candy and, like, like pop and stuff there for people to buy. I mean, that's yeah, the same as a hamburger place, which it's called Leave It to Burgers. I like that. Uh, apparently, he, the guy's got to sell it, so is he not making enough business to be able to keep it open, I'm guessing? It, it, it sucks for the boys. I mean, but of course, Alfonso says, well, why can't you just see if your dad can buy it? And, of course, dollar signs appear in Ricky's eyes. Not physically, but mentally. He's like, yeah. And then he's like, think of all the girls that would want to date us. But then we'd have a problem. We wouldn't know if they wanted to date us for us or date us for the free milkshakes. And they're even thinking, we could get free food. Yeah, right. If anything, if your dad even bought that place, you'd be probably, well, they're, what, 14? What's the working age back then? Was it 14? They might be able to work there. I don't know. So they decide, hey, let's at least go ask him. Because, you know, Edward's got money. Like, yeah, just be another place for him. Remember that place that was going to be shut down, that restaurant that Edward owned, that he and Ricky, like, ran for a day? because Oh, junior executive? or No, junior businessman. Um, and it's just like, well, you saw how well that turned out. I mean, if anything, Edward would buy it and have people run it for him, but I can't see him being into that. But, I mean, who's this Lulu Baker person? I, I'm guessing it's someone that they know that has come in town for a visit and decided maybe I'm gonna, ooh, I could buy that restaurant and then like, set up shop here and stay here or something like that. That's what I'm guessing. Here they come now. Come on, step lively. We're in a hurry. Chop, chop. Okay, now we got to be casual about this. No hard sell. You can count on me, babe. They call me the Mellow Fellow. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Nice day, huh? Just once in a a kid. I still do. I 
can't believe they're going to turn Leave It to Burgers into a paint store. Yeah, what are they going to call it? Leave It to Latex? Ew. I don't like that. Uh, you know, Fonzo here, we thought that you'd be the perfect guy to buy it. Oh, oh no, son, that's out of the question. Just once in a lifetime! Oh, don't even go there, Ricky. Ugh. It's worth a shot. Ricky, you gotta understand, if I bought Leaving the Burgers, I'd want to run it the best way I know how, and that means I have to be there all the time, and I just can't do that. Uh, I'm sure you guys will find another hangout, like, say, uh, Al's World of Weenies. Ew. Al doesn't want to talk to the kids. All Al says is, hey, kid, want crowd on that? It's an unfortunate situation, Edward, we have to leave. No, what? So... The boys are like, look, let's just try to be calm about this and ask them. And Alfonso's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I can be calm. I can be Mr. Cool. I can be Mr. Calm. And they picked the worst possible time. Well, granted, Edward's going to say no anyway, so any time would have been the worst possible time. Um, Everett... Kate, Edward, and Dexter, they're on their way. Like, they're in a rush. They gotta get to a meeting. So, Alfonso starts singing the Once in a Lifetime song. And he gets through the majority of it till Dexter finally has to scream at him to stop. And the boys bring up the fact that House of, not House of Burgers, um, Leave It to Burgers is closing. And they jump right into, like, hey, maybe you could buy it. And I guess that's Edward's favorite place to hang out when he was a kid and even now. And Edward's like, no, I'm not going to buy that because then I have to be there all the time to make sure it's running efficiently. I got too much other things to go on and do. I, I just, I don't have the time. I can't do it. And Ricky starts to sing the once in a lifetime. And Please stop, no. Alfonso, yes. Ricky, no. No, no, just no. Kate suggests they find a new hangout called How, uh, World of Weenies. And Ricky does an impression of this guy, Alec. Hey, you want crowd on your, your dog or something like that? <laughs> so apparently this Al guy is not a friendly person. He's not there for the kids. He's just there to make it, you know, money and, like, go home and chill for a bit. He's not a people person, apparently. I mean, this Leave It to Burgers is nothing like Safe by the Bells, The Max, or Punky Brewster's Punky's Place, which we don't get that to like, late season three, or um, season four. And it's not Chubby's from Boy Meets World, either. It's not... You've seen it a few times, but only really in season... Because before, I thought it was like a pizza place in season two, when uh, in the Mr. Cool episode, when Ricky and Freddy are all dolled up like punk rock stars. And they're taking those two uh, mean girls out to eat. I thought it was, like a, it was like an Italian place. It's Al's world of weenies. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Kate's solution is like, just forget it, just move on, find a new place to hang out. Your kids, you can find anywhere to hang out. So, there's a knock at the door, or, a well, not a knock, the doorbell. Find out, let's find out who it is. Who are you? 
Who are you? about your personality. <laughs> now, who is this? I'm Stuffy's nephew. Oh, well, Pie. My, my, love what you have done to the house, Ed. This room looks so much bigger without the carousel. <laughs> well, it was fun, but it made the cat nervous. You remind me so much of your father when he was a boy. Do you have an invisible friend named Clarence, too? Uh, uh, Lulu, I, I gave up Clarence when I was five years old. <laughs> Isn't that right, Ralph? So, Lulu, what brings you back to Shallow Springs? Oh, I've been knocking around Europe about a year, ever since my darling husband, William, died. So I decided to give those folks on the continent a little rest and come back to Shallow Springs and shake things up for a while. Well, you were going to stay right in our guest house and shake to your heart's content. Good deal. 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 Now, where's your luggage? On some 747 headed for Cairo, Tokyo, Oslo, one of the old places. Your luggage may not show up for days. I know. What a marvelous excuse to go on a shopping spree. <laughs> We'll take you down to the shopping center. Yeah, we'll be your escort. Well, thank you. We'll drop you off on the way to our meeting. We'll meet you back here tonight. Another moment too soon. There's the toddy beep. Oh, keep your powder dry, Stuffy. I'm in as much hurry as you are. Honey, I only have one hour left on my 18-hour girdle. Come on, We got a lot to unpack. We just met Lulu Baker. And I'm like, well, who is she? How does anyone know her? She practically raised Edward when, you know, that Edward's father, or not his father, his mother passed when he was young. So, of course, he has to have someone to watch over him while his father is off making business here, there, and everywhere. And we get Lulu. And she's been kind of traveling the world for like a year. She's been to Europe. You know, her husband passed. So she's kind of, you know, moving around, doing her thing, enjoying life. So I love how she, he, Edward tells everyone that Lulu was almost like uh, a mother to him. 
And I love how Lulu, this motherly persona, she pulls out her handkerchief, dabs Edward's face like you got a smudge on your face, stand up straight, get a haircut, all those typical things. He, uh, Edward introduces her to Dexter, and Dexter's like, hi, nice to meet you, I gotta go. It's like, well, you're being rude. Yes, he definitely deserves the nickname Stuffy, because he's being a stuffy something or other. It's like, come on, Dexter, you can at least be polite. I know you're on a time schedule, you gotta get to a meeting, but come on, don't, don't be rude. And he's like, no, it's actually Stuffins, and she says, no, actually I'm talking about your personality. And I like when she looks at Rick, she says, look, don't you look like uh, someone uh, dipped Robert Redford in hot water or something like that. And she looks at Kate like, oh, she's got clear eyes, she got good bone structure. My God, I almost thought she was going to go the same route of saying, and she's fertile too or something like, well, like uh, okay, but Kate kind of is like, yeah, I can also drive a stick shift. <laughs> Edward, before Lulu gets there, makes a joke about how being the place is going to be a paint store if it gets bought by this person. Um, the how leave it to burgers. And he says something about land of latex or something. And I'm just thinking, my mind didn't go to paint. <laughs> no, it went to the other latex. And like, no, they would not be making it into an adult store. We don't need any more Cirillas out there. There is more than enough to go around. Oh, she said, and did, looking at Ricky, she says, did somebody wash Robert Redford in hot water? <laughs> oh, when she looks at Kate, she's like looking her up and down, saying, oh, she's got clear eyes. She seems healthy as she turns to Edward. And she's like walking around her like, oh, she's got good bone structure. I'm thinking, the next line out of your mouth is probably going to be, oh, and she looks like she's fertile, too. Like, whoa, whoa. Luckily, like I said, Kate jumps in. Like, oh, I can drive a stick shift. Well, good thing. I surely don't want to learn how to drive. I don't. I hope I never have to learn to drive a stick shift. That makes me so nervous. Automatic all the way for me. And, of course, we got Alfonso. Oh, he's such a cutie. So, apparently, at one point, Edward had a carousel in the living room. And he's, he also had a cat at one point, because he's like, oh, well, yeah, the carousel had to go because it made the cat nervous. What cat? Whose cat? Did he have a cat? Speaking of cats, where's, like, Mr. Fluffy or Fluffster, whatever Kate's cat's name was? Mrs. Fluffy or something. So Lulu goes over to Ricky and says, you know, you remind me so much of your father when you, he was your age. Do you also have an invisible friend? Named Clarence? Was, was it Clarence? And Edward kind of, he's embarrassed. He bends down to, to Lulu and says, you know, I gave up Clarence when I was like five years old? Come on. And then Edward puts his arm around someone named Ralph. <laughs> like some invisible person. So yes, definitely Shallow Springs is where they reside. So Edward's like, where's your 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 stuff? You're going to stay in our um, our guest house, by the way. So she's like, yeah, they sent it to, like, Tokyo or they sent it to some other place that, one of those old places that I can't think of at the moment. So, of course, perfect opportunity to go on a shopping spree. Rick and Alfonso decide to be her chaperones and take her to the mall so she can get outfitted with a new wardrobe. 
And Edward's like, well, we're, we're, we gotta go to a meeting anyway, so we'll drop you guys there, so. So now we're back to leaving the beavers. We got this guy who, is he Dancing Machine from the, like, when Alfonso first showed up in season three, episode one? Maybe he's not, because maybe this might be the guy that Ed, uh, the, um, Alfonso was actually giving lessons to, would be my guess. So the boys decide after shopping with Lulu, like, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. I know just the place. We're going to go to Leave It Burgers. So I'm going to play this clip. Uh, we get to see Max there, and he's a really cool old older dude. Elderly dude. Because Lulu says she hasn't had a decent burger in, like, ten years. And Rick's like, oh, what's one more day? And Alfonso mentions how the food isn't great, but it's a great place to hang out. Because out there, kids are just looking for a place to hang. If food's going to be lost, like, who cares? To them, it's all it's all, it's all, all the same thing anyway. You know, grease, burgers, fries, whatever. It's all going down the same hatch. dancing machine guy or not. It might not be. 
But she goes and sits down and kind of comments on the place how it's a great place for boys and girls. And then you see the guy dressed like Boy George. I can't remember what Rick called him the last time. Oh, in the last episode, the Beauties and the Beasts. Yeah, I can't remember. It was something because, like, he wanted to enter and he was disqualified. But Lulu's like, boys, girls, and then you see the Boy George look like. She's like, all of the above. <laughs> I don't know how that would work in 2019. Like, how would you address that? Like, boy, girl, and then you see someone who is, I don't want to say transgender, because there's so many other terms out there right now, but um, let's just say boy George lookalike and leave it at that. So, the boys kind of ask Lulu what she's been up to. She says she and her husband had traveled the world, you know, Europe and Paris and all these places. And she mentions how she and her husband used to run some restaurants, which, of course, ding, 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 he said the magic word to the boys. And they concoct the scheme about, you know, Alfonso, you know this place is going to be turned into a paint store? He's like, yeah, imagine, what are we going to do, hang out in the wallpaper section? We'd have to go hang out in a vacant lot across the street. And Ricky's like, yeah, you know, and then soon hubcaps will start to look mighty appealing. I was afraid they're going to go down the road of, oh, you know what kids with nothing to do end up doing, right? I, I, I was hoping, like, don't, don't say drugs. Don't, they say, well, it'll turn in from hub, hubcaps into a life of crime, even the chair, the boys all, they both mimic the <laughs> being electrocuted. Lulu gets it. She's like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. What is your, what, what do you want? You clearly want something. And she senses that, yeah, they want someone to buy the restaurant. She says, the area's not the greatest, but her food, people will come from miles around. That's usually how it worked before when she and her husband ran restaurants. And she's like, well, this is a pretty expensive deal, you know, to, to buy a restaurant. And she looks at him and says, good thing I'm, I'm loaded. She tells them that she'll think about it. Like, guys, this is a big, big thing you are putting on one person. Although, if she had a financial bet, I mean, even though she does say she has a lot of money, what if she could have Edward kind of as a backer in a way, and he'll know that he really doesn't need to be down there because he trust her enough that she could get things done and know how to run things, right? So, yeah, that just seems awesome. I, I mean, it seems like a done deal to me. Now we're going to cut back to the house. Okay, so we're back to the house. We got Max there, and we got Lulu there. So it looks like they, Dexter's got everything in order. All you got to do is sign, sign, sign. And basically, Lulu gets a restaurant. Sounds like a pretty cut-and-dry deal, right? I'm kind of nervous like she might get cold feet, but I don't know. I don't know Lulu that well. We just met her this episode. I don't believe, we don't see Lulu again, so. <laughs> I think you'll find this sales contract in order, power discussion over the past few days. Uh, sign all 12 contracts as indicated. Check the changes I've initialed. The initial the changes I've checked. <laughs> <laughs> so complicated. When I bought the place 40 years ago, it was a handshake deal. I shook hands and I said, thanks for the place, Dad. <laughs> well, 
this is perfect. Max is getting what he wants. Lulu's getting what she wants. Kids are getting what they want. And I'm getting free hamburgers. Half price. Hi. Look what we got. Look at this. My, my. And that's some cake. We baked it ourselves. Huh. So I, uh, I wouldn't advise actually eating it. Yeah. Yeah. It came out a little lopsided. I think your kitchen's tilted, Mr. Stratton. People, can we get back to the business here, please? Oh, oh yes. So, Max, mm. what are you going to do now? The wife and I are going to travel. We're going to get into our Winnebago and hit the open road. We've worked together for 40 years. Now we're going to enjoy life together. We're going to share our golden years. Oh, no. Just the two of us. It's really going to be wonderful. Sounds wonderful. I'm sorry. Max, I, I made a mistake. I can't go through with it. I can't go through with it. I'm sorry. Please excuse me. So, Lulu has not signed yet. Ricky and Alfonso, we hear of a kid. They've been in the kitchen. We have not seen the kitchen yet. I don't think we'll get to see the kitchen till season four. Um, but they made a cake that's lopsided. He says, we tried our hand at making this cake. Alfonso looks at Edward and says, I think your kitchen's a little crooked or uneven. And, like, Rick says, hey, I don't think you should eat the cake. We tried it out. I don't think it's going to be good. They just eat the frosting. Um, so Edward, of course, asks Max what he's going to do Matt, now that he doesn't have the restaurant. Max says, well, my wife and I, we've worked together for 40 years, and now we're finally going to travel. We're going to get in the Winnebago and see where the road takes us. And the camera cuts to Lulu's expression. And you know that she's been kind of traveling with her husband before he passed away a year ago. That was what they were doing. And it's really what Max is saying is really hitting her hard. Like, he is able to do with his wife what now Lulu, unfortunately, has been doing by herself. And she's just thinking about from doing what I've been doing, you know, with my husband and then, you know, with the traveling and then now settling down to run a restaurant. She looked like, I can't, she didn't sign anything, thank goodness, because she looks at Max and says, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know, don't, don't be pressured just because these teen boys want to hang out. Like, it sucks. But they'll get over it and they'll find it somewhere else. It'll be fine. If they were in Chicago, they could hit up Punky's Place. Well, actually, no, this is 1984, so Punky's Place won't happen until at least 1986, 1987. So they, yeah, <laughs> no. And I feel bad for Lulu. I really, really do. Max and his wife are able to do what Lulu now, unfortunately, can't do. Now we get a scene that's in the intro. We get Edward and Kate exercising. 
And Rick comes in the door. He's got a glum look on his face. He's sad. Like, it's the final day that Max will be open and it'll be closed. Understand it was Lulu's decision. She just wants to enjoy her retirement. So yeah, all that breathing. <laughs> Kate and Edward are exercising. It's like don't waste your breath trying to answer Ricky's questions. Because Edward clearly needs to work out more because he is not capable of talking and breathing and exercising at the same time. Luckily, Kate is able to fill Rick in on what Edward is trying to say. That Lulu feels that she rushed into this whole thing and she just kind of wants to enjoy her retirement, which is understandable. Um, you definitely see Ricky Schroeder... His eyes keep wandering to, because Kate is in uh, a leotard and she's got like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a crop top. It might be kind of similar to a crop top almost. But his eyes keep looking at Aaron Gray's chest. Aaron Gray plays Kate. And it's like. I know you're a 14-year-old boy, but please, you're on camera. Let's keep the eyes on the face and not the chest. <laughs> we get an appearance of the train as Lulu comes around the track, around the bend, on the train with a bunch of flowers. And Ever does tell Rick, like, hey, this is Lulu's decision. If she doesn't want to do this, then we need to support her. And Ricky, don't you dare be rude and say, these flowers aren't going to make up for the fact that you're not buying the restaurant. Be a mature 14-year-old boy that can handle disappointment. I know it sucks, but please, let's not make Lulu feel bad for her decision. Oh, she's going to Hawaii? This is what I've always dreamed I thought she's going to Hawaii. Coming back to shower springs, relaxing, working in the garden, and I finally got started on my autobiography. Here comes Lulu. <laughs> well, I'm just glad you're having a good time. I am, and I got a gift for you. And for you, Kate. Oh, hey. I'm sorry I disappointed you last night, but I just want to relax a while. It's okay. 
Thanks for understanding. These smell so good. <laughs> like roast pork. Yeah, they do. Lulu. Hmm? You didn't. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, oh my gosh! It's a flattened pig! Is she going to Hawaii? Because <laughs> she's got lays for everybody. For Edward and Kate and Ricky and she does say, I'm sorry, you know, you're disappointed that I'm not going to run the restaurant, but I hope you'll understand. He's like, yeah, I get it. That's alright. And Kate and Edward kind of put the, the flowers of the lay up to their noses and they smell like, it smells like pork. And I'm like, where is this going? And then we see some Hawaiian uh, natives in grass skirts and the, and the lays and everything. And they have on this ginormous serving platter a flattened, flattened, flattened roast pig. Flattened roast pig. I'm like, ah, my gosh, it's a roast pig. It's evening time, it looks like, because it's really dark on the set, and it uh, looks like Lulu is just hanging out on the couch. And Ricky comes down, so I'm not sure, maybe he, well, he's got a bathroom in his bedroom, so maybe he came down for some more roast pork, maybe. I bet that's it. <laughs> Sleep. Oh. Well, I'm up because I got the munchies, so I thought I'd pig out on some pig. <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong? No, no, no. I'm just sitting here thinking. I was thinking how wonderful my life is. How much fun retirement is. How I can look in that sweet little face and lie like a weasel caught in a hen house. <laughs> I'll sit down, but I'm not sure I know how to commiserate. <laughs> how am I doing? Well, the fact is, I'm, um, uh, how do you young people say it? I'm bummed to the max. But you seem so happy. The luau, the gardening, your autobiography. Let me show you something. Just let me show you something. Mm -hmm. uh, here, read that. I was born in 1918. And, and, then, uh, and then I tried this approach. I was born in 1931. This is good. You're doing great. Richard, how can you lie to this sweet little face? Lulu, if you're so upset, why don't you just unretire? Rick, it is not the retirement. Then what is it? I'm afraid. Afraid of being alone. 
I miss my darling husband, William, so badly. Really upset you yesterday when Max started talking about him and his wife spending the rest of their golden years together, <laughs> didn't it? I wish you could have known, William, my darling, William. Oh, why do you have to go and leave me alone? My dad told me a person never really dies. He lives inside of you. You take him wherever you go. Dad's a very smart man. He had a good teacher. You told him that day his mom died. I remember. <laughs> he also told me a person's never alone if somebody loves him. And we all love you very much. Come here. You know what you just did. What? Your first commiseration. I did? <laughs> I feel better. How much better? I feel like I could eat a pig. So, <laughs> it's funny. Ricky comes down, he says, I have the munchies, and I want to go munch on some pig. And I'm thinking, what's that term relevant, even in 1984, as in with munchies? And I mean, I know Rick isn't. You know, he's not smoking the pot or anything. But it's just nowadays when someone says, I got the munchies, that immediately it's like your mind's like, oh, you've been, uh, you've been uh, sucking on the on the ganja or whatever. But um, no, actually, Lula's up. She's trying to enjoy retirement. She's trying to work on a memoir. She's got a couple pages that have a line of, I was born in 1918. I was in another paper that says I was born in 1931 she's like that's my favorite one she's been gardening and everything like that and it's just it's not the activities that are getting her down it's the fact that and rick even like right away latches onto the fact that lulu's husband isn't there and she was really feeling that when max was talking about what he and his wife were going to do you know, they were going to travel and everything. And Lulu, you know, by the time she and her husband got to do a little of that, he passed away. And I like how Rick mentions how, you know, my dad said to me that when a person dies, that you love, someone that you love passes away, they're never truly gone. They'll always live in your heart with you and you can take them wherever you go. And she's like, well, yeah, that sounds nice. That sounds, you know, really wise. And he's like, yeah. My dad said you told that to him when the night his mom passed away or when his mom passed away. And, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's true. And, you know, he even says, you know, you're never alone when you have people around you that love you, which is, yeah. But it's just, oh. So he does help her feel a lot better. I guess it's her his first com, commission commission commiseration, that's what it is. Okay. I wanna look that word up. So commiserate. 
Express or feel sympathy or pity. Sympathize. Feel, show, or express pity for someone. Okay. But yeah, she feels better and, you know, they go have pork. And the audience applauds and you think that's the end of the episode. But there's uh, another scene actually in the Leave it to Burgers. I think it's Max's last day and he's giving the boys, you know, some chocolate shakes or something. Kind of like as a last hurrah, like the last day that the place is open. Unless he decides to stay on and run it. I don't know. But, ugh. Gosh, this whole thing of retirement is just... Oh, it's bringing up my dad again. Um, and just thinking, you know, that's the dream with people, you know, especially when you get married. You want to plan out your retirement and everything like that. And you know that retirement usually doesn't hit until you're at least, like, mid-60s. And, you know, people, even when they're young and they get married, like, they always plan out, like, what they want to do down the road. Like, oh, when we're not working anymore, when we're, like, retired, we can just do this and this and this and not have to worry about anything. That's why you save up for your retirement when you're young. <laughs> um, so that way when you are old and when you reach that age and you have that to be able to, you know, go and just do whatever. But sad, the sad fact is is sometimes people... They work their whole lives and they don't get to see retirement. They don't get to enjoy everything that they work for. They don't get to enjoy that after time. Things happen, health reasons. And, you know, in Lulu's case, her husband passed away. And now she's set to... But she's not truly alone. I mean, I understand what Rick is saying, that you have people here that love you and care about you and everything, and you won't ever be lonely. But it's the loneliness she feels of losing her life partner. That one person that you make your dreams with and you plan your future out with, that you think we're going to be together forever and we'll be able to do all these things. And sometimes that harsh realization hits you of... No, you may not get to do those things with that person. And sure, you don't think of it that day that you're walking down the aisle and you say, I do to the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, but it's just, it's things that we don't want to think about, but that sometimes you do have to prepare for that something could happen. Just... All you can do is just surround yourself with, 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 with people that care about you and you care about them. And just, I mean, I know that's not the same thing as, you know, having your spouse with you next to your side to celebrate your life with and to have these experiences with. But, yeah. But, yeah, let's see the ending scene, how this is going to go. Maybe Lulu's going to run the restaurant. Maybe she's not. Maybe Max is going to stay there and work another 5, 10 years. I mean, he looks like he's probably 65, 70 years old at this point. Then again, he could maybe even just be in his 50s. Back in the 80s, it seemed like when you were like 50 years old, you looked like you were 70. And it's, nowadays, it just seems like people that look like they're 50 now look like they're at least maybe 45 years old. Or they look, I'm, they look not haggard looking. 
And I think it just boils down to how you take care of yourself. It seems like back in the day, it's just people looked as they age. Maybe they looked a little rough just based on, I think it is based on the life that you kind of led and how, whether you took care of yourself or not. And just, they say stress brings on gray hairs and everything. You get the wrinkly, you know, it's hard, you know, to hear someone say, don't stress about the small, well, really, it's, and, and, and don't, don't, you know, even myself, I gotta tell myself, like, things will work out one way or another, like, there's just little speed bumps in life, but, all right, let's see this ending scene and see how this works out. Hurry up, fellas, <laughs> your last milkshake. You really gonna hang up your ice cream scooper, Max? I want to quit while I still have my wrist. Oh, yeah, definitely. Here's goodbye to the best hangout I ever hung out in. Milk mustache. A lot of memories here. That's where I first met Cindy Sue Dockweiler. Who? That's where I first kissed Cindy Sue. And that's where I broke up with Cindy Sue. <laughs> I met Betty Rambo. What a weekend. Yeah. Dad, what are you doing here? What do you mean? We got your message. What message? Well, to come here right away. It says, urgent, important, and don't dilly-dally. I would never use the words dilly-dally. No. Sent the message. Beats me. Yeah. Your new owner and proprietress. Yeah. Why didn't you tell us? Well, I just wanted to see that silly look on his face. What like son. Aww. So yeah, uh, Rick and Alfonso are enjoying their last milkshake. Rick points out where he met some girl named Cindy Sue or something, and where he kissed her. And then over there is where he broke up with her. And then he met Betty Rambo or something. He's like, wow, what a weekend. I don't. <laughs> At first, you know, when you think, okay, it's kind of close, like, uh, maybe you could ask Max if you, or if you could, like, take something, like, like a souvenir, like a salt shaker or a napkin dispenser or something. Because, I mean, if that was going to be turned into a paint store, they get rid of all that anyway, right? Or take something. Hey, take a chair or, or like, a table or something like that. Although all that stuff would probably be, like, sold in auction or something. But turns out... Edward, Dexter, and Kate show up because they got a message they think is from Rick saying, urgent, come to, leave it to burgers, don't dilly-dally. And Rick's like, I didn't send that, and I would never use the words dilly-dally. And they're like, well, if you didn't send it, then who did? Lulu comes through the door and says, I'm back, I've done it. The, basically, the place is safe. You don't, It's not going to be turned into a paint store. And they're all kind of like, well, what made you change your mind? And she goes over, puts an arm around Rick and Edward and says, 
like father, like son. I got some great advice from both of them. And that's where it ends. And it's just cute. So here's a little ending scene that isn't on um, the syndicated version that I'm going to play real quick. and it's gonna be great the food's gonna be amazing sadly we never see Lulu again I don't even know if we even see leave it to beaver leave it to burger <laughs> I don't know we might all right so for this episode rating for this one I think I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it a four out of five trains I really I liked it I liked Lulu's spirit I liked that we did see you know, her, her frailties of, you know, her being in retirement, missing her husband, and everything like that, and that Rick was able to help her through that, through her sadness, and she was able to buy the Leave it to Be, uh, burgers, and, um, just, I thought it was kind of funny, the, um, Edward and Kate working out, and Rick comes in, and Kate has to kind of translate what Edward is trying to, like, get out while he's, like, breathing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was cute. Um, I loved Alfonso singing. The dancing I liked, but I loved him singing Once in a Lifetime. I thought that was cute. And, of course, at the, you know, the little end thing here, um, with Lulu singing. That was cute. And she said she... Like, yep, I'm going to buy the restaurant. That's awesome. Um, I guess the only thing I didn't care for is, like, Dexter's. Like, dude, you're being rude, man. I know you got some place to be, but don't be rude to... Don't be rude to Lulu. And she calls in on it. She calls him stuffy. Because he's being stuffy. Yeah, as far as for the silver spoonful for this episode, it's just... I don't know, Rick got lucky, you know? He almost had to say goodbye to Leave It to Burgers, but he didn't. So that worked out. Just, uh, I guess, you know, enjoy, enjoy your retirement. Sometimes we may not be able to spend that retirement with the one that we love, that we, you know, plan our, our, our life with and everything, and that's an adjustment. But just do what you can to, you know, feel, even, you know, I'm not, you know, 
a huge, huge people person, but I mean, sometimes people just, they come into your life when you need them the most. And I think that with me, with people I've worked with over the years, it's like, there's people that are there, they're there, even if they're there for a short time, it's like, they have an impact. And one way or another, they will have an impact on your life, whether it's your outlook on life, or just they're there when you need somebody. And that's just such an amazing feeling. Let's talk about next week's episode. Grandfather Stratton, we get him again. Yay! <laughs> we just had an episode about him. Season 3, episode 13, entitled The Trouble with Grandfather. Oh boy. January 6th, 1985. First episode of 1985. Grandfather Stratton announces his retirement to just have some fun. No way! No way! This man is not retiring. No way, no how. This is ridiculous. This man is all about the business. Sleeps, eats, lives, breathes, dies by this business. No way is he going to retire. No way! Which is interesting because we just had an episode about retirement. Now we get another episode about retirement. Oh my goodness gracious sake. All right, well, there's... I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like Grandfather Stratton and everything like that, but it's like we literally just got an episode. What one was it again? It was... It was... Oh, it was episode six. Well, it was six episodes ago. Because we do have a two-part Thanksgiving episode, which I will be covering in November, and a Christmas episode where Freddy winds up homeless with his mom and dad that I have to cover. Um, Let's see. Special Friend. That'll be not next week, but the week after. Rick becomes a peer counselor and tries to help a student whose attitude is worse than his grades. Great. See? This is what I'm looking forward to. Something like this. What was this kid in? Oh, episode of Court. He played a character named Jeremy. He was in Different Strokes. I don't think I've gotten that far yet with the show. Cynthia. Oh, she must play a teacher. Miss Pike. Cynthia Kania. This is in the... Oh, she's still working. She's still working, this lady. Good for her. Good for her. This is not going to be... um. But the episode, The Trouble with Grandfather, is going to be actually, I believe, on the 28th. So that is on Sunday. I'll be getting to that one. So we go to Special Friend. After that's going to be What's Cooking. Then we get the two-part Friendly! Oh, I'm so excited! The Marry Me, Marry Me, Kate. Or Marry Me, Marry Me, Part 1 and Part 2. I'm going to do an one full episode. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm just building and building and building to this. Finally, we're going to get it. We're going to get the wedding of Edward and Kate. I'm so excited. Granted, I don't think we get it till part two, but still, but still, I'm excited. All right, before I go, let's say hey to some podcast listeners. We got Westville, Oklahoma, Reno, Nevada, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Oakville, Canada, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Jacksonville, Florida, Miami, Florida, Mauston, Wisconsin, Los Angeles, California, Chicago, Illinois, Partyville, Wisconsin, Hampshire, Illinois, Orangevale, California, Park Hills, Missouri, Marysville, California, Hamilton, Canada, Friendship, 
Wisconsin, Worcester, Massachusetts, Saudi Arabia, Poland, Hartfield, Ohio, Arlington, Virginia, Manchester, Connecticut, St. Louis, Missouri, South Lake, Texas, Round Rock, Texas, Toronto, Canada, Muskegon, Michigan, Orlando, Florida, Scottsdale, Arizona, M-O-Z-A-M-B-I-Q-U-E, so that's Mozambique, I mispronounced that, I'm sure I did, Brentwood, Tennessee, Detroit, Michigan, Germany, <clears throat> Exeter, New Hampshire, Irving, Texas, Irving, Texas, yes, Haskell, Oklahoma, Columbus, Ohio, Zionsville, Indiana, Pakistan, I'm going to butcher this, I know I will, Shehagakoke, New York. I'm sorry. I can't do it. San Jose, California. Oh, we got some more here. Um, Arlington, Texas. <laughs> we were just around those areas last week. Wow. Alexandria, Louisiana. Columbia. Eureka, California. Santa Monica, California. St. Cloud, Florida. Switzerland. Ruffsdale. Pennsylvania. Yeah, we were right in Arlington and Irving. We saw the Lion King there, so. Um, didn't care for that movie. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I was so excited originally. I can't wait to see it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, um, if you want to hear more about that, listen to um, my review of, it was a Full House Season 7, Episode 1. It was a dark and stormy night that is coming out on, will be released Friday. I go into more detail on that and why I just didn't care for it. I definitely will not be buying that movie when it comes out on Blu-ray. Will not, will not, will not. Um, other than that, yeah, if you want to follow along with the podcast, you can do so at... Together we're going to find our way on an official Silver Spoons podcast on Facebook and also Silver Spoons Pod on Instagram and Punky Power PB Podcast slash Silver Spoons Podcast on Twitter. If you'd like to email the podcast, you can do so at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. Everyone have a wonderful day. It's currently 10.35 in the morning. The sun is out. I actually am thinking that I'm going to open some of these windows. It's not bad. The weather right now is not bad. Let me check. It's currently 68 degrees. That is nice, comfortable weather. It's nice. It's not too hot. Not too cold. We are going into August next week. Next week, um, August 1st, on Thursday, next Thursday, I will be picking a winner for the Punky Brewster Season 1 DVD. If you haven't yet, if you would like to, you can go to the Punky Power Podcast pages on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, and you can just put... Comment Punky Power and your name will automatically be entered in and I will be picking a winner, one winner on Thursday, August 1st. So 
Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day. It's Tuesday. We're going to go back to work. Back to the grind today, right? Oy. We'll see. We'll see how I do. <laughs> I'm going to be rusty. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great, great day. And I will be posting the books that I talked about. I will be posting them on the Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter so you guys can see and check them out. So, All right. Bye-bye.